0: Welcome back to 24 Faithful Podcasts. We're excited to be bringing this podcast back. Uh, unfortunately, it is not because there is a new season announced that we get to be able to go through and pick through and hopefully praise um, if they ever do bring it back. Hopefully, we don't have to destroy all, all the things that, <laughs> that they're doing or or nitpick but anyway uh we're back to be able to go back over all the previous seasons of 24 when we originally started this podcast we did this um a, a while back with Mark and I starting the podcast back in 2013 and we a lot of times went through each season in about two or three weeks, sometimes four weeks. And so we went through a lot. There's definitely a lot more that we can be able to cover. And this time we have uh, a little bit of a different perspective as well. Not just because uh, me personally, that I've been able to rewatch more and be able to get some further insight, but also we have some additional people to be able to help bring this podcast back And so they are two hosts that have been with us on the podcast, but they have not necessarily covered these particular pieces in uh, 24 history. And so we have with us a Joel Wood, who is not with us on this particular episode, but he's going to be with us in future episodes. And he actually contributed some as we did our original pieces there. But uh, he's also been uh, throughout some of the future episodes as well. And then we also have with us Bradley Adams. And so he is with me today to be able to help us kick off this new section of 24 Faithful Podcast. So, Bradley, welcome.
1: Hello. Good to be here again. Um, Three years since we did the Legacy Podcast, as we were discussing just before we uh, started recording.
0: Feels like it's been a lot less time than three years, but... Yeah, time flies, and it's crazy, and it's definitely exciting to be back to be able to talk about 24. Now, why don't you go ahead and give a quick uh, review of who you are, what you do, just so people have a better idea.
1: So yeah, I, I am a writer at spoilerTV.com. Uh, three years ago, I got into this podcast. Uh, you, I think you put out a note on twitter possibly asking if anyone wanted to join in um you very kindly accepted me in i wrote reviews every week for 24 legacy um not always very positive reviews i must say um, there were some there were some real stinkers in there um but yeah just sort of covering any sort of show that takes my
0: fancy over there and uh here to talk about my favorite show of all time on the podcast Excellent. And of course, for myself, I don't do any professional reviewing or uh, anything like that for, for any TV shows or anything like that. But I do own a podcast production company. And so I do podcasting for a living now, not necessarily the recording part. So this is uh, fun for me to be on this side. I'm usually on the backside doing all the post-production. But anyway, so, but I helped start this podcast back in 2013 when 24 Live Another Day was announced. I believe it was announced in May or June of 2013. And immediately when I heard that, I knew that my friend Mark was also a fan of 24. And I just, and I had just gotten into the podcasting. And so I sent Mark a note and said, Hey, you want to do a podcast on 24 because the new season's coming out. He's like, I've never done a podcast, but sure. And so and so we started uh, planning. And so we, we planned for a couple months and came out with a plan. And, and that's where we ended up starting the podcast. I think it was in September 2013 or maybe it was August. And so so anyway, so, so I have a history with that. Um, also, I wanted to invite you, if you have not already checked out our website, 24faithful.com, you can be able to go there. Uh, between 24, Live Another Day, and Legacy, um, myself and several other people actually wrote a fan fiction novel, uh, which we called 24 Countdown. And so it takes up um, after Jack was uh, taken from London in Live Another Day, and it picks up in Russia. And so we kind of go through Jack's journey through there. And so, um, it's, a. Uh, I, I say it's, uh, 12 parts, but there's a couple extra uh, pieces in there, I think for a total of 15 or 16. And so you might want to go check that out if you are up for that. And so it's definitely like a full length novel, I think 180,000 words or, or maybe it's not that much, but, um, somewhere around a hundred thousand words. So it's, it's a good chunk of reading. Um, but, um, I, maybe it's tooting my own horn, but I think it's pretty good um, being able to follow the story. But anyway, um, on to what we're talking about today. So as I mentioned before, we're going to be doing some reviewing of the original series um, of 24 going from season one through nine. Uh, we're leaving out 24 Legacy because that was a um, a poorly executed spinoff um, that they try to do we're going to stick with the ones that have jack bauer in it and so episodes uh, or seasons one through nine and we're going to take about four weeks for each of those seasons and so we're splitting it up into three and then we're also going to have a week of like overall review and commentary and so we're going to be Cramming a lot into each little piece, and I, I would say that we, if we come across a spot and it, it seems like okay, we need to go on more in this section, then we'll probably go ahead and do that and deviate from our three to four week plan and do that. And so, because Bradley has a lot of opinions on <laughs> on twenty four, so we might do, get some spots where. We need to allow a little bit more time to be able to get commentary. Um, Joel also has a lot of really great opinions um, matched with a lot of not-so-great opinions. <laughs> i there. Yep. Maybe that's I'm not fair for him bit. not being here. But, uh, no, no, no. He, Joel... he,
1: he has forgotten this podcast. We are allowed to criticize him however much we want because
0: he is not here to defend himself. That is the whole point. <laughs> of course, he was going to... Uh, um, get on to Mark and take stabs at Mark for not being here <laughs> either, because Mark was not able to join us for for this particular uh, stint of time, and so anyway, we want to invite you to be able to contribute to the podcast as well, be able to set in your feedback. In fact, we have some feedback that we're gonna be sharing with um, uh with you here in just a little bit um as we get toward the end of this episode, and so So we encourage you to be able to uh, do that. And again, you can be able to do that just by going to the website and filling out the form there. So why don't we start there, um, Bradley, by going into um, some of our favorites and rankings and things like that. And so um, just some basic things as far as 24 overall. So starting with what is your favorite season of 24? And then what is your least favorite?
1: Well, my favourite is a weird one because, and, and I'll talk a, possibly a little bit more about this when we get to the ranking. Um, but my favourite is sort of it's there, there's two of them. I'm not going to make it easy to start with. Um, season five, everyone loves season five. I think I think everyone loves season five. Um, I mean, I've been rewatching the start of season one in preparation for next week's podcast, and the tonal difference between season one. And season five is, is staggering. Season one <clears throat> is very much your sort of slow burn spy thriller. And season five is Die Hard with Jack Bauer, basically. Mm-hmm. It's fast-paced. There's action at every turn. There are twists at every turn. It's chaotic. It's fast-paced. It, it, it's absolute madness. It's carnage at times. But season five manages to blend everything pretty much perfectly The complexity of the narrative, the action, the intensity, the drama, it all comes together in a way that seasons three, when it sort of tried to go into that at the end of it, and season four, which was the first whole season with that kind of new, aggressive, diehard-esque style, uh, it was the first season that actually pulled it off pretty much to perfection. I mean, season five was the year that 24 won the primetime Emmy. That was, I mean, in in the eyes of the critics, in the eyes of the voters, you know, the professionals in the industry, this was when 24 was at its peak. And it's just a joy to watch from start to finish. Every single episode feels well-crafted. It feels interesting. It moves the story on. There's good character development. I'm impressed with the acting. It's always... Every episode just thrills. There's also an element. This is the second of my choices. That The back half of season three, and it is the back half. It is quite literally the split after episode 12 is possibly the best run that 24 did. Those final 12 episodes. As soon as we got rid of Ramon Salazar and his brother we had a couple of episodes of um, Nina and then everything to do with Stephen Saunders and the vi- and the virus being released in the U S that is, so I, th- I think that it's not quite as intense as season five, but because the threat of the virus is so lethal, I mean, season three was promoted as being the most lethal threat that they've ever faced. Um, that was a, a big part of the marketing It's a big part of the, of the narrative and, and, the ethos behind what we're seeing on the screen. Um, But when you combine that with the fact that you did end up having this sort of thrilling every episode, uh, you know, scene to scene intensity, lots of action in there, lots of dramatic moments, some heartbreaking moments in there as well. it, It blends together and it's almost unrecognizable from the 12 episodes that precede it in the best possible way. So this is my thing is that season 5 is the best season or my favorite season. Um but the back half of season 3 is just phenomenal and deserves recognition up there as well.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and I I I agree with that. Um and you put into words a lot better than <laughs> than I would have. <laughs> and so of course you you do this for a living and so you're You're a lot more articulate in those pieces, and so I appreciate that. And so for me, I really like season five, and that that is also what I rank as my top. And it's just, there's a lot of really good elements. When you look at the overall life and the experience of Jack Bauer, and so there's a lot that happens in season five that I think is just absolutely phenomenal. You start with Jack Bauer in hiding in exile and you think nobody knows where he is other than the select three or four people. But, um, you find out that that is not the the case and somebody knows. Um, but, but anyway, so it starts with that. And then it starts with the execution of one of the best and favorite characters of the season of the, of the show. Um, and I mean, it just starts off like that. It's so like really grabs your attention. Um, but, but just throughout the whole season, there's a lot of really gripping pieces. And so uh, there's, there's just different quotes and, and things like that that go through my head as I think about the season. There's one there early on when, um, Jack, when Chloe meets Jack or Jack meets Chloe, um, for the first time there and they're being chased and they're trying to, um, survive and Jack and Jack is about to interrogate this guy and 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 the the kid, I forget the kid's name now off the top of my head, but um Derek. Eric? Derek. Oh Derek Derek Derek, Derek okay, so yeah so so anyway so so he's freaking out at everything that that's happening and the fact that Jack is about the is like interrogating this guy and Chloe's sitting back relaxed. He's like, oh don't worry he does this all the time or he's a pro <laughs> it's like like that's hilarious so anyway so so there's a lot of really great things and so um and and, and you see the, the the you see Tony a little bit um before he quote unquote dies um in there and, and, and it's really interesting just the way they they weave all of that so anyway um i really like season 6 uh 5 um and you mentioned that that is like that, that was like the pinnacle, the best of 24. I think it's really interesting because then both of us also have season six as our least favorite. <laughs> and so it's like it goes from the top straight down to the bottom um, as far as our ranking. And so for me personally, there is not a season of 24 that I don't like. And so for me, it was hard to do some of these rankings um, in there. But but for me, six was, was my least favorite. Um, it it just didn't capture my attention as much. I know you're a little bit more critical of, uh, of things in there, but (laughs) there's just a lot of things that just seemed like they, they really stretched the plot. It's like they were forcing a lot of plot to, to be able to move. I think they were, they they were on the high from season five and they're like, Oh, we got to do this. And so they're forcing all the different things. And it just wasn't working right um, for one. But anyway, so if you want to elaborate a little bit more on six and why you rank it low, then go ahead. Yeah, I um, I rewatched it a couple of
1: weeks ago and I wrote a couple of thousand words over at Spoiler TV about just why it's not good. I hadn't watched it for seven or eight years. It had been a very long time since I watched season six. And there's always, you know, in the 24 message boards and, and in the consensus when you think about 24, there is always that thought, school thought that everyone dislikes season six. Most people look at season six and say, that was the one they got wrong. I think even the creators have sort of said, actually, we didn't quite nail it on this one. So I kind of wanted to go back and see, okay, is it as bad as everyone says? Is it as bad as I remember it being all that? And actually it's worse. Um, the, the point about season five, is interesting because season five is like I said, it's a role, It's a, I mean, it's a roller coaster from start to finish. It is intense. It is thrilling. It is gripping. Everything about it is just in your face. Pay attention to us. Season six kind of takes that idea, and what it does is it looks at season five and decides that the reason season five worked was because everything that happened one upped the thing before it. But that isn't really why season five works. Season five, okay, a lot of the stuff does end up one upping itself, fine, but that's not why it worked. It worked because it was a coherent, intelligent story. Season six bases most of its scenes, or it feels like it bases most of its scenes on, okay, this scene here, how can we make it more engaging than the last scene? And doesn't really worry about the thread from scene A to scene B as to how that works. And then continues that on for the whole season. And it just keeps on trying and trying and trying to better itself, but not, it keeps on, it keeps on trying to be <clears throat> more intense, more, 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 more of everything, every single turn. Whereas what it needed was to actually have that story thread. And it doesn't have that Really? Um, there's obviously, I mean, there's been stuff written and talked about in the past about the, the race issue and the torture issue, and both of those are very much there, very much prominent. Um, it doesn't handle the, the race issue particularly well at all, I don't think. Um, it kind of, I mean, I, I sort of mentioned in the piece, I sort of leave with the fact that actually the, the quintessential season six scene is Milo getting shot. And it's just, he gets shot because in that scene, some, it feels like something needs to happen to make you stand up and notice. CTU's been taken, but actually we need, to do, we need to do something, you know? And so they shoot Milo. But it never feels like the show earns it. It doesn't feel necessary in that context. It only feels like it's there for shock value. And that's what so many, so many of the scenes, so many of the sequences do, is they feel empty. They feel like they're there for shock value, like they're there because they need to be there. And they, or rather, they need to fill this space rather than actually having any particular meaning. I mean, see, obviously, we'll talk a lot more about it in season six later down the line. But there's an episode where Jack spends an entire episode trying to get some information back to CTU, and just as he's about to do it, CTU come and get him anyway. And so it's like, like his entire episode is wasted because he doesn't even achieve the thing he needs to achieve in the way that he was trying to achieve it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thinking back, it's been a couple years since I saw it. And so, and so yeah, your, your review of that kind of brought those things to mind. It's like, yeah, okay, it was really disjointed. And so I, I think it was like the same, they had the same thought process go, going into season six as they did when they did uh, Legacy but,
1: but anyway. I, th- I think <laughs> there is a possibility that season five kind of not so much got to their head, but you look at season five and all the praise that was heaped on season five and then, okay, how do we, how do we make this better? How do we improve on this? And
0: I think that, that probably hurt them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, so talking about that, so then how would you rank the seasons going from five down to six. Cause we've already established those two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so again, talking with the season three split, I've got two lists here. Um, so I'll give you, I'll give you the split list first. Um, Cause I think the, the overall list will be much better to talk about. Um, but the split list, I'd say five, three D, four, one, seven, nine. Two, three A, eight, six. And then when it comes to the sort of if we if we're considering season three as one season, um it slots in at fourth, uh if, uh lower than season one, but just above season seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ours are similar. We got a few things mixed up in there, but we both let's see. I'm trying to look, kind of compare ours. So mine, I put season five, three, nine, four, one, two, seven, eight, and then six. So again, I struggled with, with, with doing those because it, it um, it's been a couple of years since I've seen some of those seasons. And so I'm, I was trying to go through in my head and really think about that. Um And, and one, one way I was actually thinking of this is, okay, if I were to sit down and decide I'm going to watch a season of 24, which season do I want to go to? And so, and and so, so that's kind of how I was, I was kind of ranking this. Okay. The first one I would want to see is five. And, and so, so that I started going, going down through. And so that, that was kind of how I, I came up with my list in, in that regard. and so. I think I like season three more than you did apparently but <laughs> uh but i yeah. I really really like season three because um Chloe that's when Chloe was introduced, even though i didn't I don't necessarily like her character through a lot of season three um there's the, but but i I like the way Chloe ended up, but kind of the way she was kind of in the beginning and middle of the season seemed really. I don't know. It, it didn't seem like Chloe when you look at her character overall. But anyway, overall, I liked the season because that's when she came in. Tony um, had a had a good role um, in there, I thought. And um, what, what he injected and I, overall, I just liked it. So, so I mean, and, and probably I like it mostly because of the second half um, of the season. And so I didn't necessarily look at the split I just look at okay I really like the season because of where it goes and how it ends up and so so that's probably where I ended up with that one Yeah I mean season 3 I mean you mentioned Chloe that is a good
1: point Chloe Chloe isn't likable in season 3 like at all she's fairly fairly awful not awful but she's fairly She's fairly easy to dislike. I mean, there are a couple of moments her sort of saving against the worm. Um, You know, the the honorability factor of keeping Chase's kid from everyone and and, and everything that surrounds that plot. But there is a, you know, lots of people comment on it. Chappelle, Tony, Chase, Jack all comment on it throughout the day that actually she's kind of annoying. Um, But like you say, introduces her, we wouldn't have all the wonderful stuff with her later on, if not for that season. Um, I mean, the reason that I ranked three lower than you, I think is just because of that first half, which is from, I mean, I need to rewatch it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and i would be interested actually to see whether I change the ranking by the time we get to rewatching some of these other seasons, I need to. <coughs> um, but the first half of the season is just really dull from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, like I said, the second half of the season is, unbelievably good but the first half of the season really lets it down and just looking at my list I mean out of 10 for the wins in the split list I've got 3b at two 3b at, at number two in the ranking and 3a at number eight in the ranking um so the middle of that is what four five and I've ended up putting season three at as my number four so mm-hmm. it just sort of makes sense when you combine them that's where it ends up on the
0: list yeah yeah, definitely makes sense. Okay, so I think it will be interesting. Maybe we should come back to this thought um, after we go back through and review because, like you said, maybe, maybe things will change in our opinions. Uh, maybe some things will need to move up the list. Maybe things will need to move down. Um, and give me an opportunity to be able to really think through each of the seasons as well and have it a little bit fresher on my mind as I come up with my ranking too. So why don't we talk about our characters? Um, obviously, everyone loves Jack. Um, if you don't love Jack, you're not going to love 24 because, I mean, he's like the center. And so, um, but other than Jack, who would you say is your favorite character or, or favorite characters? Because sometimes it might be hard to be able to narrow down.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously, as we just mentioned, Chloe. Um Seasons, you know, seasons four and five particularly is where she stands out. Uh, I think most people love Chloe. There was a Marilyn Bradshaw did an interview on Conan before Live Another Day, and uh, she said that there was some sort of I think it was a trend or uh, people replying to her saying no Chloe, no Watchy, <laughs> and, and that just summed it up, does not it? I mean, you, you, we talked a little bit about how Legacy not having Jack was c- concerning. Um, but actually losing Chloe is a big thing as well. And the, yeah. the, say we we were very, very pleased when she was introduced into live another day. I know mean, most people were very pleased when she was introduced into live another day. Mm. Um, so she is one of the, one of the characters on this list. Um, the aforementioned David Palmer, of course, uh, the best president on the show, charismatic. I mean, Dennis Haysbert, there is, there are moments in seasons one and two, particularly I'm thinking, at the end of season one and when he's on trial in season two by his cabinet where Haysbert is just charisma turned to the max. He is utterly brilliant. He has an incredible gravitas. He has a great command over, I mean, it it feels like he is in control. It feels always like he is the most level headed, calm, intelligent, right. I know what I'm doing. I know how we go from here. Kind of guy and as the president, that's pretty much what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had both of those on my list. I wrote down four and I also have Tony. Um even even when he went bad um and they, they they kind of ruined Tony at the end, especially especially when they tried to bring him back in legacy. That that was like totally total disgrace um but even for me even when with what they did with tony in season seven um even in the end i still like the character of tony and i was really excited when after live another day on the blu-ray there was that little scene of tony in prison and it it, it just really excited me and they did nothing with that and so and so, so they 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 left it flat they took a character that, that that I think had, I mean, as far as like the 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 intricacies of his character, I think were really good. And so he had a lot of conflict um with with what he had um going on with his life. And so he he had those struggles like throughout his entire um thing there, maybe not as much in season one. I can't remember as much. Um, there, I didn't really like Tony in season one from what I remember, at least initially, but, um, but you always see that conflict that, that he has between, between the different things like in season two, when he was in charge of CTU, um, and he made the decision that he was going to give into the terrorists to be able to save Michelle. And so he, he secretly connived, or was season three? Okay. I was wrong on that. So season three, that's right. He wasn't in charge in season two, season three. Um, and, and so he, he made that decision knowing that, I mean, it could be bad consequences, but he put his love for Michelle ahead of what the actions he was. He didn't care about what the actions were, the outcome of the actions was going to be to try to do that. And I see that that's like the same type of motivation he had in season seven, was he was going for um, trying to redeem and uh, avenge Michelle. He didn't care what the consequences were. And so it just kind of fit with his character, even though I didn't agree with the direction he was going. I think there was still chance for redemption and things like that. But anyway, um, so I liked him. And then um, I did like Bill, at least uh, after season four, I liked Bill. Um, and so so that that's kind of like an honorable mention with the list. So you had a couple that you had listed as far as your least favorite. Yeah, um, well, I wrote least favorites
1: every Bauer family member in season six. <laughs> like, they're all terrible. All of them are awful. Um, you know, Graham Graham's a great villain in season five. And then all the stuff with him being Jack's brother and Philip and BXJ Technologies and the stuff with Marilyn, and it just it's it doesn't work it really doesn't work
0: Mm -hmm. yeah agreed it was really really awkward i mean at first it's like oh cool we get to see some of jack's family but then it's like okay this is this is weird again they, they were forcing all the different situations and they were using family to create conflict for for jack and yeah I would definitely agree with that. Um I think another one um I think her name was Marilyn um the yep. the ex-love interest of uh Curtis. And so uh, I um, didn't Marianne Taylor. Marianne, not Marilyn. Okay, yeah, Marianne. Yeah, so so her I I didn't really like her character at all. Um I mean, I don't like I mean, maybe that's how she was supposed to be portrayed, but I just didn't like the the character. Um, and so, she was just really annoying every time she came on, and yeah. So th- that's one of them that's on my least favorite side. I don't, I don't know if I could say that that's my most least favorite, but pretty close. No one likes Alberta Green. That is true. <laughs> that's another bad one. <laughs> oh uh-huh. yes. Anyone else, I not
1: I mean, da- okay. Everyone else. Everyone also doesn't like Dana Walsh and for
0: fairly good reason i'd say yeah yeah not not a very good yeah definitely <laughs> yeah so um you, you put down here about your favorite villain being saunders and i think i could agree with that but i would also say um as far as i, I don't i don't like what he does and i don't like some of the ways that they brought him in but um for Oh, my mind just went blank. Season five president. Oh, my Logan. Word, Logan. <laughs> I knew you were so, going with it. So, as far as a villain, um, I think he was a decent villain um, in there. And so, I think I, I, it was interesting how shady he was. And I almost wonder, looking back, if he was actually um, in cahoots with some of the things happening in season four to get him into power. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a stretch. It might be a stretch, but um I don't know, just kind of a shady character. I can almost see see him kind of maybe maybe being part of it, but I don't know. Anyway, so uh so so those are some of those and as I said, we got some feedback in from uh from email of people sharing some of their things. So I'm going to go ahead and share just some of those and so um. So we have one here. Um. This is Sheila from Peru. So that's really interesting. Good. Um. Going down into Peru, and so um for her favorite season, she says season one. Uh, she said it takes some time to get the political and action of the show. Um, <laughs> and she just men- mentioned that Kim was really annoying. Um, that's probably just kind of a general statement throughout the series Mm -hmm. overall but um but she puts for her rankings um tie for first place she says six seven and eight um and then um so okay i guess season one was her least favorite when she listed that not one okay so six seven and eight she laces this is her first and then four five nine three two legacy and then one so that's really interesting to me um so um so definitely very different than than what our reviews were um another one here from Rob uh he ranks it uh season five, then two, seven, four, nine, three, one, six, then eight. He said he never watched legacy, which rob that that might not be too bad of a thing for you to miss um and then we have here I'm not sure how to pronounce this uh half is half is Ali um uh season five, seven, four, two, one, three, nine, eight, uh nine, eight, and then six, and so I'm definitely noticing a trend of five being a favorite and six being a least favorite. So we have here Gabriel. It's saying season one, two, four, five, six, eight, nine, three, and seven. And so um, definitely a different order than than the others that we've heard. So this is just really interesting. Um, as you get to see the different things that everybody else are looking at. And obviously, I mean, everyone has their own opinions and what they like, what they don't like and things like that. So I kind of tweaks it a little bit, but it's really interesting when there's like stark contrast with uh, some of these different things. Some of them thinking season one is the worst. I'm thinking season one is the best and uh, vice versa and different things like that. So um, anyway, if you have any feedback, if you want to share any of your favorites with us um, overall, Uh, We would definitely love to be able to have that. Then also as we come back next week, we are going to be diving into season one and we're going to cover episodes one through eight. So the first third of season one and uh, for some of the, the the way we split some of these was sometimes a difficult decision on how we're going to try to split it. But um but Bradley, in his infinite wisdom and <laughs> um, ability to dissect, uh, helped us be able to figure out what might be some good splits. So, uh, so if you have any feedback for season one, episodes one through eight, um, any comments, any of your favorites, your least favorites, uh, whatever commentary you want to share, we are definitely open to that. So you can again go to 24 dot and be able to. Share your feedback with us there, and I would be happy to be able to uh, share it here on the podcast next week. Now, if something happens to where we don't get that before we air, we can share it the following week if we, um, if we get it late. Um, and so, But we're going to try to keep the feedback as much as possible to what we're covering that particular week as we go forward. Uh, but as we're just getting started here, we'll probably have a little bit of leeway as we uh, get going into it. And on the podcast or on the website, we'll probably uh, here over the few weeks, probably share kind of like our overall plan. So you can know what to be able to expect and wh- when we're going to be covering the different pieces so that you can be able to plan ahead in some of your favorites as well. And so, all right. Well, thank you Bradley, for uh, joining me today to be able to do this. And hopefully we'll have Joel with us next week to be able to get some additional perspective And we need need his thoughts on Tony Almeida because we know that he has many thoughts on Tony Almeida. Yeah, at least two. And so definitely looking forward (laughs) to being able to continue this. And so, uh, thank you for listening and definitely tell your friends. If you have friends that are fans of 24, let them know that this podcast is going and this can be a great companion to them. And so we look forward to this and we'll catch you on the next episode.